Hello and welcome to season four of Mouthwash, fresh chat that leaves you feeling more confident with me, your host, Paul Armstrong, creator and curator of TVD Conference. The theme this season is the real future of work. What's really going on with the world of work under the hood? What's changing? What's not being said? We're checking assumptions, checking in on ourselves and also the future. I spoke with an amazing array of people from Dan Pink to Harvard University professors, TikTok superstars, data specialists and generational experts, all live on Twitter spaces. What follows is a recording of that space, so it's more conference call than podcast booth. Sponsors are incredibly important to me, and I am proud to say Ecology are back, and they planted a tree for every live listener we had. We're over 15,000 trees in the TBD forest now, and you can start planting your own over at ecology.com. That's spelled E-C-O-L-O-G-I dot com. Workplace by Meta also came on board this season. Their familiar features help everyone work together in new ways and whatever you bring to work to help you be you, Workplace celebrates it. To make your place of work a great place to work, visit workplace.com forward slash human. Check it out. It's very, very cool indeed. Make sure you never miss a moment of Mouthwash by signing up for the newsletter over at mouthwashshow.com. And you can also get a text alert over at mouthwash.norby.live. Very handy for busy people. Check out all those links in the description too. As with all good podcasts, please share it on a network you trust and leave us a review. It really does make a difference. Please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to season four of Mouthwash, fresh chat that leaves you feeling confident with me, your host, Paul Armstrong, creator and curator of TBD Conference. The conference attendees say is like Ted without the bullshit. We're flipping it up this season. We are live Tuesdays through Thursday. Don't worry, you get the same amount of mouthwash. We're just spreading it over the middle of the week. It's a reflection of the times and changing world of work, which is our theme for this season of mouthwash, the real future of work. This season, we're exploring what's working, what's not. We're checking our assumptions and checking in on ourselves and also the future. I want to know what's really going on under the surface, where it's all going and how we're going to get there. I have an amazing cohort of people joining me this season from multiple best-selling authors like Dan Pink to brand new startups who are creating new models for the metaverse. I'm also discussing the future with experts from Harvard University, behavioral psychologists to TikTok superstars. Check out the full lineup and previous episodes of Mouthwash over at mouthwashshow.com at your leisure. We're also on podcasting stuff, so wherever good podcasts are, we have a little page there as well. I'm incredibly proud to say that we are sponsored again this season, this time by the folks over at Workplace by Meta. Whatever you bring to work to help you be you, Workplace celebrates it. Their familiar features help everyone work together in new ways. To make your place of work a great place of work, visit workplace.com forward slash human. That's workplace.com forward slash human. Check it out. It's very cool indeed. Um, also, Ecology are back to plant a tree for every live listener in the TBD forest. Um, we're over 15,000 at the moment, so going strong. If you're looking to reduce your or your business's carbon footprint, head over to ecology.com and you can start planting your forest. And that's E-C-O-L-O-G-I dot com. So not the normal spelling. E-C-O-L-O-G-I dot com. Uh, now also is a great time to share the space. Click the round plus button and in the bottom right and you'll get to uh, share that with the world. You'll find something good. And like I said, everyone in the space means that uh, a new tree is planted. So that's no bad thing. Um, also want you to ask a question. Uh, so please do DM me or use the hashtag mouthwash show or one word and I will pick it up from there. I check it throughout the uh, throughout the show. So, yeah. OK. Joining me tonight from Seattle, Washington in the US is Emily Logan, Senior Director from Noble Collective, that's spelled N-O-B-L. Uh, they're a change management consultancy. They were founded in 2014 uh, and they've supported more than 80 clients on five continents uh, across dozens of industries. Um, the team's a mix of organizational psychologists, uh, strategists, service designers, change management practitioners. They run the gambit. Uh, I'm a huge fan of them and what they do for business. And um, we had Paula Sizek on, I think, last season as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I thoroughly stand them. They have an amazing array of great content ideas and they give it out as well as working um, for clients and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, definitely check them out. Um, welcome to Mouthwash, Emily. What did I miss out of your bio? Oh, gosh, uh, you you covered it all, I think. Um, I would say... Uh, you know, uh, a personal note um, is that I, I do this work because I uh, I want to ensure that people within workplaces have as much dignity as possible. Um, and so that's something that I like to hi- highlight. And, uh, you know, I think the future of work is a perfect place to be having those conversations. And, and I've been listening to your podcast and I'm, I'm really excited to, to chat. So thanks. Oh, th- do you know what? That is the first time on this uh season so far that the word dignity has come into the conversation that's a really interesting thing that i just picked Mm. up on i think why why do you think that is 
it's a, it's a, I think it's a complex one. I, every time I say that, because it is kind of one of my personal values and, and one of a, a, a handful of things that we talk talk about a lot at Nobel, I think it's a complex word. I think people, um, uh, you know, they, they are more easy, more likely to say respect, more likely to say um, agency, you know, within workplaces. But I think dignity has a lot of, um, uh, you know, it's a little bit more complex. It's about kind of your right to have respect, your right to be able to move through workplaces in, uh, uh, you know, whatever way that you would like to, to, to move through them. So I think, I don't know, I think it's just it's a, a word we use less often, I think, in general. It absolutely is, but it's such a good word. And it certainly does come down to sort of the future of the workplace, which seems to be a bit more sort of understanding and certainly something we're going to be talking about today, which is a four-day work week, a bit more, you know, oh, yeah, this is the world we live in. And that would be quite handy for some people and sort of very good for mental health and dignity obviously comes back into that and that sort of thing. Um, before we yes. go too lofty, though, let me go right back up to the shallow surface and ask a question I ask every guest and that sort of stuff. What was the first thing you thought of when you woke up today? <laughs> yeah, um, I it was an interesting one for me. I actually had a, a, an eventful morning because I am on day 11 of having got COVID. Um, and so my, uh, oh, my no. morning, I know, I know, I was so careful for the last many years, you know, and, um, and uh, uh, this morning I woke up thinking, all right, I'm day 11. I can, you know, I can hopefully get out of isolation. Um, I took my test. It was negative. Uh, so it was a very exciting morning in that regard. And it was definitely the first thing I thought of when I woke up. Excellent. So you, are you free and out there? I am. Yes. Excellent. Officially able to like, you know, I'm basically, as a colleague said, I'm basically bulletproof now. Exactly. <laughs> free, free to look anything you want. That's exactly. <laughs> I had it in January and I could not get that double day negative, I think is what they call it over here Ooh, and that yep. sort of thing. And it was yep. so frustrating. Oh, <laughs> I, I know the my, feeling. My yeah. Apartment. It was great. I would have loved to be doing mouthwash during that time. But uh, hey, you've still got long COVID to uh, maybe look forward to. Who knows? Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that. I'm really hoping it's, uh, it's, no, it's mellow. Great. It's great. You've got the right to nap whenever you want. But I'm really tired from COVID. They're like, okay, just have a nap. I'm like, great. Um, but yeah. There we um, go. I love no, it. It's all good. Um, okay. This season is all about uh, future work. What's your current situation when it comes to work? I think I know the answer because that's Noble's creed, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Back to the office, always been remote, no work, co-working? Yeah, yeah. We are all remote, um, uh, you know, with obviously a good amount of, of travel and, and in-person meetings and sessions and things like that with clients when we're working on them. But we are all remote. It's it's uh, mostly lovely. <laughs> I'd say there are definitely some limitations. Um, and I actually have a long history of working uh, from home and kind of being a remote uh, employee. I've been on and off. I've been in the office and, and out, depending on if I was internal or external. But um, actually had a previous role where um, I was building a team and basically convinced the leadership to let us do it uh, do it as a remote team um, because we were based in the Bay Area in California and um, it was a, an incredibly expensive place to live. It was number one or number two. It might still be uh, most expensive cities in the in the U.S. And um, so, you know, we, we were able to build a team that was remote. That's, this was, you know, 2010 or something like that. So um, I have a, a long history of experience with remote work and um, I'm generally a fan, but also, you know, um, certainly as there, as a lot of the conversations are happening now, there's things that are best done in person. And I think making that space for being, um, being in person is really, really important, especially when you're doing the intense work that we're doing with strategy and change and that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I bet we certainly with like organizational change. That's the big one, isn't it? Because it's yeah. it is personal and that sort of thing. I mean, it I really admit, is. I've not found a meeting where I, I desperately needed to be there in person. You know, there wasn't mm. fire, fires to put out or anything like that. But I've definitely learned that it's uh, it, it sort of set the expectations up front and then everybody comes to play on that video call and that sort of thing. Yeah. But if you say to people like, do you want to do this in person? They're like, oh, we can. <laughs> 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 is it worth the commute yeah, uh, yeah. maybe like, not wait where do i have to go <laughs> there's some people going yeah yeah it's the first time i'm on underground for three years and i'm like and how was it they were like still as dirty as it was you know yep, so still as awful nothing's changed yeah it's kind yep, of interesting yep. but yeah um, yeah there is there are oh, some instances. oh i'm sorry no go for it there there are some instances of uh, of of change work, you know, where where being on a on a Zoom, for example, even if you create a lot of space and you're having these generative discussions and you're allowing for people's emotions to come through, there's the moment that you end the Zoom call, there's kind of a like ooh feeling, you know. Yeah. 
Like they're just, I can't see them. I can't see what they're doing next. I can't see how they're reacting. So there is definitely, there are still moments where I kind of, I, I wish that I could just, you know, go and hang out with someone, even if, even in silence for a while, just to mm. see, you know, if, if, if they're all right. <laughs> I think the one feature that Zoom calls need so that everyone doesn't have Zoom fatigue is a cool down 30 seconds or whatever it is, mm. or a go nuts 30 second party buzzer or whatever it is. They've just lost, like they should have been streets ahead by everyone with all the data that they're getting and everyone telling it. And now they've become like a negative word in the world, like Zoom fatigue. You don't say yep. I'm fatigued with video calls. You go, I've got Zoom fatigue. You're like, that's a disease. Like, you know, yes. Your real brand is now akin to a disease. You've gone from being a Google word or whatever. That, I never know that what that word is. It's a long word that describes a brand that's become a thing, you know, synonymous. Mm. Like, I don't search for things, I Google it. Anyway, um, yes. and Zoom had that and they've now become a disease. And you go, Jesus, what? Like, you know, you could have you could have won this thing with a few extra things. But um, yeah, they're, they're such team, a great I'm sure point. Got, I'm sure their dev team got whipped during the uh, pandemic and that right. sort of stuff. God love them. But um, yeah, lots, lots to go on. Okay, let's jump in. I want to talk about um, the four-day work week, um, and then I want to talk about pros and negatives, obviously, upsides, yeah. downsides, um, and then probably a bit about the the future of it and that sort of thing. There's been some recent movements um, recently in your neck of the woods, um, so it'll be quite interesting yep. to sort of get your thoughts and feelings on that as well. Okay, perfect. So let's uh, yeah, let's to unpack. Uh, it's not as easy, I think, as, as you know. You just get you don't just get to not work a day, is it? Like, give us give me an idea of what the four, four day work week was, and, and maybe who came up with the idea. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it's not as easy as a perfect way to summarize, summarize it, right? Like, I think uh, uh, the media has sort of you know created this narrative that it's a four day work week. It's you know, um, it's such a grand, great thing. You know, we're all able to just work fewer days, and it's you know, it's not a big deal. There are a number of different models um, that organizations are taking. I think the most common and probably the most you know reasonable is literally four days a week. You're just shortening the hours, right? You're working 32 hours as opposed to 40 hours. Mm. Um, and you're you know you're uh, you're you're not having a reduction in pay. Um, you're not you know having to uh, 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 get a reduction in benefits or anything like that. Um, there are other models. There's, you know, the sort of nine-day fortnight kind of model. Um, there's uh, four tens, which I have feelings about and we can talk about. Um, and then there's, you know, a, a oh, we'll, we'll go to a four-day work week and work 32 hours, but your pay is going to be reduced, you know, in that, in that amount. Um, and then there's all kinds of, you know, experiments and folks that folks are doing um, uh, that are combinations of those things or you know uh, uh, maybe there's 32 hours but you can spread it out however you'd like across the week um, you know things like that but um, I think like maybe the most interesting sort of origin or sort of you know back to um, uh, one of the first success stories is this this Australian company Perpetual Guardian right and this was 2018 so this is pre pre-pandemic mm. um and they're in a state state planning organization, and um, they did this grand, you know, experiment. And um, the founder uh, of that, or one of the founders of that organization, um, actually went on to create this nonprofit that is uh, a big voice in the space right now, which is Four Day Week Global, um, appropriately. <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> and they, you know, they have just touted uh, this this um, the benefits of this, you know, that it allowed um, their employees to have more balance, that productivity increased. You know, they didn't have to. Um, uh, reduce pay, that sort of thing. And so there's all kinds of companies um, now that are uh, uh, trying out the four-day work week. And obviously with all the future of work and the great resignation, it's becoming a big buzzword. And I think it's really just comes down to, and we can kind of dig into the details, but I think it really just comes down to making sure you're doing it for the right reasons and making sure that you're doing it um, in a way that you kind of tiptoe in and are able to experiment with your organization and what you really need, as opposed to getting stuck in our sort of media narrative of like, everything's going to be great and productivity is going to increase or productivity is going to decrease. You know, there's a lot of leaders that still kind of assume that. Um, or what I think we can talk quite a bit about is like, we're going to do this and implement this, but we're not changing anything about our strategy or our trade-offs or things that we, or our customer service, you know, mm. um, because I think that's a recipe for disaster, right? You're just allowing all, or asking all of your employees to cram the same amount of work into 32 hours a week. That's not going to be great. Right? Yeah. 
Before we um, go into uh, the details or sort of, you know, more strategical elements, I, I want to just talk about some larger sort of elements. So yeah. one of the big, you mentioned a few, big uh, resignation and that sort of thing, but it's been happening, you know, way before the pandemic. What are the yeah. big trends driving the four-day work week? Mm. Or is it just that we're all now burnt out from the pandemic hellscape that's <laughs> formed and we just want an out and just like anything would be great. I'll work longer for shorter and that sort of stuff. I, I, <laughs> I think a lot of people just don't get that. You mentioned there's a few ways of doing it. Obviously, you know, math is math it's 32 hours a week you know and that's thing or more but um it, like you say it does come down to a lot of um different elements why do you think it's this sort of perfect storm at the moment yeah oh it's a great question and i do yeah i do think there's a lot of factors that have um brought it to the forefront and and funnily enough before the the pandemic a lot of the you know research on it experiments that were being done uh uh some of it was done because of costs for cost savings right like organizations were like how do we how do we cut costs how do we think about um you know cutting our our work week so that we're not paying for energy bills on that fourth day or we're not you know um uh you know whatever it is lunches or things that we have to uh, uh do on that fourth day now i think it's it is the perfect storm as you've talked about a lot this season um just you know with the great resignation with that um you know, what I'm pleased to sort of see as a little bit more of a growing of the understanding of dignity, uh, uh, of, of the dignity that employees should have, that employees have a little bit more power in the workplace, and they are demanding, um, you know, better treatment, better cultures, better balance within their life, um, equity considerations with things like caretaking and things like, you know, uh, par parents. Um and I think there's also an element of, uh, you know, with with the pandemic and even before the pandemic, there's so much thinking about productivity and what productivity really means and how we measure productivity and this sort of thing. And the sort of counterculture, this underculture of like, um, you know, we're doing a lot of busy work. Like there's a lot of busy work involved in pretty much every job. So how do mm. we be more efficient? How do we really like take what we have and just make it more and more efficient. And I think that what the the proponents of this four-day work week are are learning and are sharing is that it sort of naturally happens when you when you shorten the week. Like the the productivity just kind of gets shoved into those four days and then things that are less necessary fall off ideally. Right. Mm. Might not always be the case, but that's <laughs> that's the ideal. That's so the I do think it's the perfect. Yeah, exactly. I do think it's kind of the perfect storm right now where, you know, folks, funnily enough, right before I jumped on this um, this uh, uh, meeting, I uh, saw someone tweet um, that, oh, my company just went to 40 work week. I'm so excited. And there were a whole bunch of people who responded who were just like, I'm so jealous. I'm so angry that it was you and not me and like all these things. And I think it is interesting to see that the 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 media sentiment is employees love it and everyone wants it and leaders kind of hate it or or leaders you know e either hate it or are just highly skeptical of it right yeah it's an interesting um dichotomy isn't it because and we've talked a lot about this this season is like what, leaders don't go to work to flog their people and make them unhappy. They're there to be productive, right? And that's the thing. Sure. And then you get this efficiency word, which again is sort of like get the most out of someone for the least amount of that, all of that. You know, you've got yep. you've got very specific realities of what I call old school business mentality, right? You, there are yes. lots of ways to incentivize people these days. Um, and and really, if you if you aren't reading the fact that happy workers equal more productivity and sort of output then you you've you've missed the sort of point of why you should come to work in my opinion and that's something yes. all that read and all the research that i've been reading around the four-day week i'm still asking the question is a four-day work week necessary or do we just need a more flexible five-day one um right. i should say that i am all for a four-day work week uh here i'm just playing <laughs> devil's advocate <laughs> yes no i love that you asked that question i i've been i've been having that question in the back of my head as i kind of you know refresh my my research on it as well and i think it is a really interesting question um, uh, I, I'll say a couple of things just from my personal, you know, sort of opinion. One of which is, um, five days is somewhat arbitrary. Like we've gotten it into our, our, um, our thinking that, you know, five days and then we have a two day weekend and that sort of thing. But it was, uh, you know, early 1900s, we went from the six day work week to the five day work week, right? Like that was a union effort. It was kind of like a Ford Motor Company sort of thing. And so we've just gotten it to be so, um, it's, it's so a part of the fabric of, of who we are. Um, I think that we've all had those experiences of having a Friday off or having a three-day weekend for a holiday and kind of coming back and being like, man, I just feel 
I feel a lot more refreshed than mm. I would have otherwise, you know? And I, I, I want someone I have not seen, and I'm curious if you've seen, but I have not yet seen research on kind of, you know, that, that phenomenon. Like if there really is, you know, a two-day break versus a three-day break and what that really looks like, um, you know, from a sort of mental health perspective, right? Because I think you're absolutely right that the, the biggest thing that folks want right now is flexibility, right and and the you know we've we've started to see that become more real with remote working with the airbnb announcement you know and and companies that are sort of pushing these things and i think that a 4 day work week is a nice step from okay my employees want flexibility 4 day work week is uh, an interesting way to implement that um again i'm a proponent yes also i'm i'm also a proponent of the 4 day week work week i'm also a proponent of some level of flexibility within that and also a good clear you know reason for doing that like what's the problem that you're trying to solve have you asked your people that they want that um that's within your organization um and so kind of seeing like maybe that isn't what it is but maybe there's maybe it's a 90 fortnight maybe it's for your company it looks a little bit different you know um and so i think it is interesting just to look at um, you know, is that, is it necessary? I don't know. It's certainly appealing to a lot of people because we need, we're realizing that we need more time and more flexibility, but not everyone is going to want just like three days um, on their own. Maybe somebody wants a longer evening every day of the five days because they have to caretake in the evening or something like that. Right. Yeah. I, I think there's lots of options is the argument. The argument for um, businesses is like that sounds <laughs> you know that sounds like a lot to organize and you know that's the thing but you brought it up earlier you're rightly to point out as well that it's not just about the business it's about the customers yes. you know and that's the thing what do they need that's the reason why your business exists and why you're all getting paid you know and that's the thing because if you don't know customers there's no you know pay at the yep. end of the day so it, it comes down to some you know harsh realities at the same time but it, I still wonder whether we would even be remotely talking about this to the nth degree that we are if we hadn't just gone through three horrible years of figuring out a new way of work. Yes. So I'm still sort of like figuring out, okay, right. So we, we, it's on, it was on its way. It's probably sped up. That's fine. The pandemic's done that for a lot of people. But my question is to, to you back is like, is it fair for everyone? Mm. Silicon Valley obviously seems and the tech brigade seems sold on it. You know, that, that almost was a foregone conclusion. I'm sure you can agree mm -hmm. with. I guess it could be said to be positive and negative for hourly workers. Yes. Though. Is that, is That's that fair? very fair. Yes. Yes. And I think that is a, a there's sort of two elements in my head relating to that. One, you're you're absolutely right. There's these, you know, Buffer is doing it, Kickstarter is doing it. There's a number of companies who are um, starting to look at this. And from a knowledge worker perspective, right, maybe it's a little bit simpler. I can write X, mm. X amount of code in five days versus four days. I have more of a rest. So that was one of the things that Buffer actually called out was they were measuring productivity in part based on number of lines of code that were written. And, th and the number of lines of code increased when they went down to four days. Um, and yeah. so it's like, okay, well, if that's how you're measuring productivity, but when you're looking at hourly workers, I think it is a different story. And not only from sort of the the experience that they have, and, and you know, I think there needs to be a lot more sort of looking at this within companies, not a lot more research on what the impact is. But I'll also say, just like to get kind of philosophical for a minute, like if we're if we're um if we want to give better balance to hourly workers which i am fully in support of we sort of culturally mm -hmm. need to also look at what that means from our you know instant gratification culture you know our our if if we're going to um you know constantly demand that everything be delivered 20 minutes after we order it and you know um uh that we have incredible pace and growth and all of these things within our society, um, you know, the the we then have to acknowledge that there's a trade-off in the balance of the well-being of our of of people who are working in those companies, um, and I think that still hasn't totally been rectified. Yeah, and also women. Right? Oh yeah, you know, women could be the big winners here. The pandemic's obviously scrubbed decades of gains because of childcare, and they sort of the primary childcare givers 
stereotype, but also the data is playing that out. The four day work week could really help them recover. Or is that being naive? Right. I, I think it's more complicated than that. Like, I think, you know, maybe I, I, I have no real numbers for this, but like maybe that's true for 60 or 70 percent of moms who or parents who, mm. you know, who want to uh, to have, you know, a little bit more of a break. But again, depending on what their situation is, um, it, it, it may look different and it may um I think that's where it gets tricky. And that's even where it gets tricky for things like remote work, right? Where companies that are having noble intentions to say, hey, what do you think about this? Like, what kind of a work environment would you prefer are getting 55 different combinations of what that really could look like and and 50 different preferences, you know, for what that could look like. And so eventually you kind of just have to make a call based on the majority of the people in your organization and what they um, are really looking at. But I think you're right that it's not... It's not that simple. Like we 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 are making a lot of assumptions about um, uh, you know four day work week being sort of great for all kinds of people, but do we really know? Yeah, I, I think the data is starting to come in. I've certainly seen lots from um, you know countries who are doing mm-hmm. it: Spain, Scotland, Ireland, Belgium, uh, obviously the US, yep. lots in the UK, New as Zealand, well. Iceland, it's been, yeah. Yeah, it, it's sort of, I mean, a lot of the, whenever I see Nordic data, I'm always a little bit sort of like, okay, <laughs> fine, put, put the lens on, you know, that's a very different Agreed. world over Agreed. there and that sort of thing. But but they do do it and that, and I and I do love them for it. And they certainly do give you a lot of data, um, which is good. Um, I think the practicalities for other nations are different because of generational elements, stereotypical elements in the workplace and yes. all of that sort of thing. Let's talk about practicalities for a second. How, how would a couple, how should a company go about implementing a four-day work week roughly? Yeah. It's, is it a quick process? Is, is that wishful thinking? Should it be a quick oh, process? Oh, it's definitely not a quick process. <laughs> um, I, and I think that's that's where we might get trapped as well, right? Like it's like, it's well and good to say, I'm going to do this, let's roll it out. Um, uh, but especially depending on the size mm. of your company, um, it could get really, really complicated. Um, so I'm, I am, and Nobel is a, a big fan of experimentation, right? So there's, there's even before you get to experimentation, I should say, uh, do your due diligence. And like I said, talk to your people um, as much as you can within an organization, like talk to the people around you, figure out what the sentiments might be. Um, you know, there, there may have to be considerations in how you do that because obviously you're going to get people's hopes up and that sort of thing. But, um, just really kind of understand and check your assumptions, any assumption that you have, even if it's, oh, I'm assuming that, you know, there's going to be positive sentiment. I'm assuming that productivity will stay the same or fall or whatever. I'm assuming that we can do the same amount of work you know, in, in four days that we did in five days, I'm assuming that customer satisfaction will be impacted or won't be impacted or whatever it is. So check all of those assumptions, even if they seem really, really simple and then get into a small scale experiment, right? Don't, I mean, if you're a company of like 10 people, maybe just try it, (laughs) but if you're a larger company, you know, do it with a small department first, um, see what that looks like, figure out Mm. exactly what your, what your metrics are for measuring, um, that experiment and really be clear about your problem statement as well. You know, what, what is this trying to solve? Is it trying to get at productivity? Is it trying to get it at, you know, uh, um, morale burnout, um, you know, sentiment in general, employee sentiment. Um, so looking at kind of this whole system and figuring out, um, how you can run, an experiment with this and then go from there. Um, I think that's really like, and and that's what the, uh, you know, the four day week global folks are also recommending and that they did because I just think it's, it's um, very tempting to kind of dive right in, but the, the um, ways of working changes um, within a four day work week can be vast, uh, especially if you're in a medium or large size company. Mm. It, it sort of feels like yes you could actually go in on monday and say or friday and we'll say we'll start this on monday and figure it out as we yeah. go along it feels like some companies could definitely do that that's just the sort of way they operate and we'll, we'll smooth over the rough yep. edges a lot i think could even do that if they had like maybe a week of planning and be like right on friday we'll just put the out of office on and we'll deal with everything on monday yeah. and we'll see how the customers right. react to your point earlier where it was like we all need to stop expecting things to instantly come to us as soon as we press the we've paid mm-hmm. button i think that that becomes a sort of test of almost how loyal your customers mm. are because if they're only buying for 
convenience then you're amazon you know and that sort of stuff but if they're buying you know because they like your recycled products or whatever it is then that then shows that you've got a different level of connection with your customers which ultimately hopefully is what a lot of businesses have just in case they could never deliver something to you within 30 seconds of you pressing right you know that's right well what do you think oh oh, i was just gonna say just respond to that i think that's such an interesting way to think about it is you're almost testing, you're testing something, right? You're testing in what you what you just said, you're testing the loyalty of your customers. And in that you're making a trade off that my, you know, my employee well being and the, you know, uh, the the way forward there is, um, is worth testing to see if we have any challenges with our customers. Um, and I think that that just that acknowledgement and that kind of moment of saying, all right, this is a, this is a worthwhile test. This is a worthwhile trade-off for a while is something that I think um, is, is just, you know, it's, it's quite hard for organizations sometimes when they have made a decision and have a way forward. Mm. Before I ask you about pitfalls, do you think that's a good thing for companies to do is send out a questionnaire to their customers and say, hey, would you mind if we went to a four day work week? This is what we're thinking. Mm. I think that's an interesting idea. I, I again, I think it kind of depends on the, uh, what kind of a service or product or, you know, whatever your business is doing. But I think that's a really interesting idea. Mm. I'm a big fan in general of just more communication, more touch points, more pulse pulses on what your customers and your uh, employees need. And I think there's such an interesting sort of um, uh, trend right now where customers want to know that the employees of their, you know, uh, of these companies are being treated well. So I think you could actually use it like it's almost I hate to say this, but like it's almost it could almost be like a PR thing for you as well. Right. Like we want to give our yeah. people more balance. What do you think of that? And would you be willing to you know, sacrifice a day, you know, a day of the the, the, the time that it takes for you to get your product or whatever? Yeah. I, I, again, like you say, if it's PR, then you've got to put out the reasons why you're mm-hmm, doing it as mm-hmm. well. So you're like, this is what we're doing to counteract the fact that you can't call us and get a person on Fridays. Yep. But obviously, most people would never leave that happening. And that's right. Thing, but, you know, right. Be quite, quite interesting, I think. Like you say, it could be a PR exercise. But also, how about testing your customers to see if they still care about you enough to even open that yeah. after three years of self-imposed torture? You know, <laughs> sure. Um, when uh, employees are thinking about four-day work weeks, what questions should they be asking their bosses if they want a trial or they're in the trial of a four-day work week? Mm. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would, I would verify. Uh, so ask, asking just to make sure that, you know, um, is this, is this going to impact my pay, my benefits? What are the expectations um, uh, from a performance you know, uh, from a performance perspective, like, am I expected to perform at exactly the same? Um, if if it's a client based business or a customer based business, you know, what are the standards? What are the what is the culture around response response times? You know, am I expected to because we're in four days? Am I expected to respond to emails at eight p.m. on a Tuesday? You know, those sort of things. I'm asking this is somewhat sassy questions, admittedly. Um, you could ask them. I love sassy questions. <laughs> the way that I'm asking them. Um, but yeah, those kinds of things, just really verifying those expectations. Um, and I think particularly that, you know, um, one of the things that I read that I think employees are experiencing with the four-day work week is that it does sometimes feel intense, right, for those four days. Like, they're, they're, you're mm. trying to sort of cram in the same amount of work or the same amount of what, you know, whatever it might be for those four, four days. And so I think like a more challenging question that I would love to just see companies addressing proactively and see um, employees asking is, um, what what are we going to put down? What are we going to stop? You know, and, and how do we use this as an opportunity to focus and to really get in on what are the trade-offs that we're doing strategically? How do we do a little bit less? How are we adapting to, you know, signals? Just really strategic questions that allow us to be more focused and and work smarter during those four days. Mm, I like that. There's a lot around meetings and quality of meetings and should I be in that meeting? It comes down to like, has a business and most businesses I think would answer no is like, have you done an audit of your communication and right. figured out what you're wasting? You know, yeah. and most people never do because it's hard. You don't have time. Everyone's going a mile a minute and that sort of thing. But I think now more than ever, people never have will never have a better chance to change their business and make hideous changes if they need to to their business yeah. 
and be forgiven for right. it. You know, right. obviously nobody wants to fire anyone, but that's a reality of the world. And, you know, there's jobs out there for everyone, apparently. <laughs> so it'd be quite interesting to sort of see. But um, the communication one, it never fails. But like, why are you, you know, why haven't you as a company changed the default time setting from an hour to 30 minutes? Yes. It beggars belief why that's still there. And people are now going to 15 minutes, which beggars belief as well. It's just like, why didn't you just send an email telling them what you right. want to do? You're not going to get that done in 15 minutes. But you never know. You never right. know. I'm just, it's me and I'm a, I'm a, also a sassy person, I think, <laughs> but more in email than verbal. But yeah. um, let's talk about some positives before we go negative, because there are negatives yes. to it. Um, what, what's been the sort of outcomes from the experiments that have been going on around the world? What's the data showing yeah. us? What sort of surprised you? Yeah, um, I think so, uh, you know, I think Buffer was a really interesting one. Microsoft Japan did a really interesting uh, uh, experiment. And, you know, across the board, as I mentioned, productivity seems to be increasing, right? And w- I, I do have a question around that as to if that's like the newness factor and people are like, oh, we got four days. So we're just going to like be super productive and like, so, you know, whatever. Mm. So I want to see that that carries on for six months to year, you know, longer than that. Um, but it really does, um, it really does seem like productivity has increased. So that's sort of the company side of things, right? Um, on the individual side, oh, I'd say overwhelmingly, I'm curious if you've seen any other things, but I'd see, I, I'd say overwhelmingly employees are happy about it. They feel that there's more balance. Um, they feel that they're able to take care of their lives and, and you know, play the other roles within um, their life more effectively. Um and I think that, you know, for engagement and retention within those companies, it's a really positive thing, right? For the most part, the sentiment is, you know, oh, well, why would I move to another company now? Because like, I would go back to a five-day work week and I have all these benefits from from this. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not a fail. It's not a, a, a you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, it doesn't fix everything, but it, um, it certainly seems to be uh, positive. I haven't seen a lot that actually gets back to the sort of cost savings piece that that was one of the original reasons for looking at this back pre-pandemic. But I think that's part partly yeah. because the pandemic has already kind of gotten us away from the office. So we're not looking at like air conditioning costs and rents and that kind of stuff as much. It's interesting, isn't it? Because when you think about the positives, a lot of it is to do with ethereal things like mental health. And, you know, that's the thing. The productivity one is great. But like you say, show me the data. Right. This is the thing with like everything to do with remote working and everything. We're either too soon to know, mm-hmm. but I don't believe that's true anymore, mm-hmm. that essentially remote workers say that they are 65% more uh, productive. Mm. And you go, okay, great. Does your boss agree with right. it? You know, and that sort of thing. It's like, you feel that, that's a, that's great. And you're valid to that. And that's fantastic. Yes. But if you're not like producing more or at a better standard or quicker or faster, or however one you want to measure it, th- then we need, then we don't know that data. Right. You know, that's the thing. But it's great you're feeling that. Yes. And that's, you know, that's obviously a thing. And you would assume it would be, right? Right. You know. Agreed. But when it comes to something like doing four day work weeks, you've got the money bit, which in theory, you should get paid the same wage as you're squeezing more hours in, but fewer days. That's a given. Mm-hmm. But then people start to sort of do the slicing and dicing. You'll be like, oh, well, you, you'll get paid this amount and that. And we're thinking if you live here, we'll change it and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's going to be a sort of not a not an evil edged sword, but essentially a, an argument for people to start, you know, renegotiating contracts and things? Oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. And I, and I think what's what's interesting about that, and this is off to the side a little bit of what you asked, but I think it's quite um, relevant, which is like you know the the location based uh, sort of you know mandates and tests that you were mentioning, mm-hmm. and the fact that you know there's a California bill right now, you know, to kind of uh, to look at this as well. I think oh, yes. that's a bit tricky, right? Because I, I think it's it's awesome, and I think it's great that these these countries are kind of looking at this. But um, that is, <laughs> there's all kinds of sort of um, systemic things that could have implications with a location based strategy, right? In, in an ideal world, California says, okay, 32 hours for private se- sector companies of more than 400 employees. Um, and, you know, the company says, oh, okay, great. Well, we want to stay in California here. We're going to implement this thing and everything's hunky-dory. But in the rea- in reality, the company is going to say, ooh, okay, what is that impact on, you know, what's the impact of that on my bottom line? What kinds of things do I have here? And, yeah. and there might be a, all right, well, we're going to move some people to Idaho because it's cheaper or we're going to hire more people in here, you know? So I think it's, as much as I don't want to admit that companies, you know, will make those decisions, they will. Right. And so I I think it's just, it's, 
um, that renegotiation and stuff like that, I think it's it's so much better if it comes from the company itself and for a good reason, because then you know that they're not just you know doing it because they're forced to, and you're not going to, as an employee, have to really push for renegotiations and to get the benefits that you deserve, and you know um, to 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 have to be your own, you know, to have the onus entirely on you rather than on your company. Yeah. Um, You mentioned California there, actually, which happened very recently. Um, They just shelved plans for a four day work week Mm -hmm. um, nationwide. Having lived there myself for a number of years, I obviously have a kinship with it, but I thought it would be a shoe in for them. I really did. Oh, interesting. Um, They they wanted 32 hours um, work week for places that have 500 employees or more, Mm -hmm. which is quite quite a fair few percentage. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason for them shelving it is they didn't they they believe that there are implications they haven't had enough time to look into yeah. before further legislation gets considered. What do you think of that decision? Like, do you think it's naive? Have they done it for political reasons or something different? Yeah. So I have I have quite a different take on this than you, which I think is interesting. I grew up in California, um, so I also have uh, some familiarity there. I saw this as as um, as a bit. Of, I don't. I'm not great with politics, but like I saw this as a bit of a political move. Like we're, we're mm. gonna we're gonna imp, int, int, Introduce it, but California. I mean, think about all of the companies that are either headquartered or have huge presences in California. I thought it was a long shot. I thought it was a. I thought it was essentially like being brought up to um, to make a statement, to make a point, and to kind of force companies to start thinking about it. Um, oh, okay. You know, that's kind of how I thought about it. Um, but I, I am not surprised, I guess I will say, that they shelved it. Um, there was a lot of, I saw something, uh, and I'm going to forget the name of it, but there were like, you know, there's there's um, uh, uh, organizations in California that were like putting this thing on a big list of like, these are the things that are going to kill business. These are the things that are going to kill, oh, you know. Right. <laughs> and so they had, a, obviously, they had a lot of kind of an, an uphill battle with it. But that's that just goes back to my previous point of like 2000. 2,000 and or more businesses in California, including all of the big tech firms, um, uh, you know, if if only California <laughs> was to say you have to do this, I think that's I think that would be really challenging um, for those businesses to adapt to and to not take steps knowingly or unknowingly that were sort of detrimental to their California-based folks. Interesting, because I thought of all of them, they would be up for the yeah, 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 freedom, more productivity. That's one hundred percent it. So that, that's a really interesting element. I'm I'm going to look into it more um, because it's only it's very fresh, isn't it? We'll talk about it again. But, yeah, I'm I'm yeah, cynical. I, gonna, I, I agree. I agree. I'm very much sort of like mm, okay. I can see sort of like pros and cons on both sides of that. But I thought of all of it. It's sort of. It's another reason I would see it for a company to go there. It's like, oh, we're going to have engaged employees. Interesting. I don't have to work as much, you know, and that sort of thing. Or I get to live my life in different ways. I might be able to do things. I guess it's, you know, I mean, that's a good question as well. Like, ultimately, I guess it comes down to money, right? And yeah. sort of how you want to make your money and sort of what level in society you're at, not level or what, how would you call it? What? standing whatever amount you make whatever it is however you want to say that um in the pc way that i've obviously vaguely failed at there (laughs) flailing around um it it, it comes down to you know if you're an hourly worker then a five-day work week is you know that's great for me because i can make more money and that sort of thing right so then there's an argument as well to say oh you could have more overtime but then that destroys the four-day work week because you're still working five days exactly exactly yeah it's it it's a you know, the socioeconomics of it, I haven't seen any data on that. Have you? No, no. And it'll be really, really interesting to see. Like, I, I, I will say to the California point, to kind of what we were just talking about, I think if there's uh, one of these big tech firms decided to, um, tech companies, I don't know why I keep saying the word firms, it decided to go with a four-day work week and like really dig in and figure out what it looked like and doing it and, and did it as a way to like attract talent. Because talent is just like, it's, it's, it, this is, on it's every cool, it? yeah it's on mm. everyone's mind right now like it's such a huge thing and so if one of these big companies was to say all right we're we're going to do the 4 day work or we're going to you know survey make sure it makes sense all these kinds of things and we're doing the 4 day work week for a good reason and figuring out how it works with our hourly employees with our customer support all of these different things i think that they would 
win. I think they would win the talent wars. Um, I mean, they've got it right. You know, the, the data at least is early showing that it's improved productivity, reduced stress. They're less likely to leave, you know, surely yep. and that sort of stuff. Yep. I think um, it was the German studies and France that said it didn't increase employment. So it didn't sort right. of stop yes. anyone leaving or anything like that. The issue sort of seems to be it, it, that this will cost businesses um the, the the talent then may move out of state and overseas so it kind of again it's a bit of a pr job surely of like how yeah. people sort of sell the four-day work week and say like yep. we can do four days because we're a good company and we figured out customer service and that i i almost see it as like if you if you eventually not immediately if you don't have it it's going to be seen like why do you flog your people so hard right do you think that's true or not I think that's true. Yes, I, I have. I you have something on your on your profile is like optimistic cynic or something like that, or optimistic skeptic, which I is like that's exactly <laughs> how I see things. Like, and so I'm definitely I'm very optimistic about the future of work. I'm very optimistic about these kinds of moves um, and things like you know a company taking a critical look at executive pay and what does that look like for you know the rest of their employees? How do they balance? And play a role in, you know, uh, in equity in that regard and that sort of thing. So, um, I'm, 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 I agree with you. I hope that in time, um, this becomes a, a little bit more of a standard thing, and then, and then legislation in my mind will follow. Right, like companies will start to do it. We'll we'll have some really solid tests. The economic side of it will kind of be looked at a little bit more, mm. and then maybe we'll just go to a standard four day work week across the board. That would be lovely. Mm. <laughs> How much do you think that it depends on the geography of where you are and the history of where you are? Because people think mm. about work very differently across the world. Like yeah. LA, when I was out there, certainly people did have a, a good work life balance, or seem to. Everybody mm -hmm. works like a demon, but then they play hard and, and that sort of thing. In yes. the UK, it seems like nine to five is still very much a reality. Like that's how I think about it. And if anything I give you after that, you lucky bastards, I think is how <laughs> most people think. But everywhere is trying to get discretionary efforts out of people and sort of them people to give more of a damn and that sort of stuff. But yes. don't quit, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Like, yes, welcome yes. to the edge, but not quite, you know. Um, how, how much do you think the future of the four or the, the success of the four day work week is going to be um, relied on on the history of work in that sort of area? Yeah, that's such an interesting question. I think it I think it will make a big difference because like you said there's just I mean I grew up in Silicon Valley and like the work culture there is just it's so interesting and and mm. it's 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 people's pride, you know? It's it's their um they they work crazy crazy hours but they also take pr so much pride in their involvement in that thing and their skills in that thing. And so I think, um, you know, and then, yeah, like other, other places are a bit more just like, Oh yeah, 40 hours. All right. I'm out of here. Like there's, you can't get more, you know, yeah. more, more than that for me. And so I think it will be really interesting to see what the trends in that look like and the trends in sort of small companies implementing it, medium sized companies, what that looks like. And then again, if there is a really, really big company that decides to implement this and, and what that looks like from the different locations, locations that they have offices I think that's going to be fascinating mm. I guess in a way that's that last sort of statement that you made there it makes me think about you've got to think of the reason for work right so if mm. you're a person that's just paycheck to paycheck that's fine you know you're, you're not an hourly worker but you're paycheck to paycheck that you come to work to literally punch that clock and get out if that makes sense yep. to, to, to make ends meet the four-day work week for you could seem like, oh, interesting idea. It gives me another day that I could potentially do what I want to do. You know, side yep. hustle, build a business, whatever it is. Um, hate that phrase, side hustle. Need to come up with a new <laughs> one. Um, but it's interesting from a way that, like, again, we're sort of we haven't fixed business you know we haven't yeah. made it so that people can earn enough money to be happy and then you you enjoy those three or four days off you know it feels yeah. like that a lot of people are sort of stuck in jobs that they're not happy with and that they aren't able to express that to their workers and their bosses to change things or they yes. aren't getting the training they need to expand and sort of grow up the ladder what do you think is going to take to sort of change those because they're they are chunky problems and sorry to yeah. leave them at your feet then it's not your <laughs> to change them but how do you think and how how are you counseling clients at the moment to be like you need to fix this this four day yeah. work week will come but these are the things you need to fix oh my gosh do we have like two more hours yeah, um let's just keep cracking <laughs> 
Uh, I this is a big passion area for me, and I think it's it, it is really interesting because it comes back honestly to that dignity point that we we talked about at the very beginning. Um, yeah. uh, there's there's this sense, um, and and a lot of companies still are still holding on to it. A lot of leaders are still like, still holding on to it that employees um, should be honored to work at this company, right? And like this company has the power, oh, right? It's a, yeah. it's a sort of power dynamic, like. And, and, you know, if, if we're going to talk about, you know, coming back to the office or whatever, well, these executives say that every good, all of the good work happens in the office. So we're all just going to come back. Um, and so a lot of the work that, that I'm doing and that we're doing is, is just, just stretch your perspective. Take a moment to kind of look at like one, listen. Yes. Like really, really listen to your employees, figure out what they want and need and what they're experiencing. And also recognize that, um, it's not this simple either, but I'm just going to say it very, very strongly, which is like, employees now have the power, right? They have a lot more power within organizations. Mm -hmm. And it is going to be about, there's this whole other rabbit hole that we could go around um, purpose and work. And kind of, you know, the fact that like, more and more people are, to your point, saying, why have I done this dead end job for so long? I hate this company. I hate this work. What am I doing? Like, And so, you know, leaving the company, coming back and saying, you know, I'll do something that's a little bit less pay, but that hits my values a little bit stronger or something like mm -hmm. that. And and some people again to get back to the the sort of um, equity challenges. Some people don't have that luxury, right? And there are still going to be companies who say, you know what, we don't really care. Like, you know, here's how, here's what we are offering. Take it or leave it. Um, but I just think again, those companies that really look at what does it really mean to have a good culture. Like a four day work week isn't going to fix a bad culture or bad management. No, hundred percent. Yeah. So like, what does it really mean to listen to our employees, to create psychological safety within organizations, to, um, you know, uh, uh, have an environment where people can be, where people can have dignity? <laughs> um, and is that, you know, is that um, augmented by something like the 40 work week or augmented by something else? Um, or do we just really need to hunker down and like really work on our culture and figure mm -hmm. out how to create this? Really acknowledge again, to your point that, our employees are our company and they, their happiness is our company's success. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I agree. I, I agree also that we need another two hours to get to the bottom of how we're going to companies. But, um, <laughs> yes. There's so time, much more there. Time. I'm asking everyone there is. Oh yeah, there is. I mean, yeah, there is in the whole world of work and that sort of stuff. I've, I've picked specifically, um, you know, salacious topics, I think, for some some things. But sometimes yeah. an hour just doesn't do it for it, which is, but, you know, <laughs> hey, it's a good it's a good point. And call Emily if you need help. That's the thing. So, yes. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, I'm going to ask you a question I'm asking everyone this season before I let you go. And we've got to do um, Desert Island tweets as well. Um, I'm interviewing a company called Hundo.Careers later in the season. They're helping young people build careers and new business models in the metaverse. Very, very exciting. Super cool. Um, what's your take on the metaverse and the future of World of Work when it comes to it? Um, are we all going to be <laughs> avatars floating between virtual offices or do you still still think we should be buying stock in zoom <laughs> um i don't know about either of those but um uh i i love this question i am it comes back to that optimistic skeptic thing um <laughs> i i i am highly skeptical of it um in in the way that a lot of people have talked about it as this like you know um huge sort of promise um and 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 what it's offering i do think that there are a number of places where something like Zoom, we kind of talked about something like Zoom isn't really cutting it. I think mm -hmm. that as we come into a place where more and more companies are just saying, you know, the Airbnb thing, like we are just going to be a remote company. There's a lot of improvement that could happen with the way that we collaborate. If we can get a little bit more connection while being in different places, those are really interesting problems. And I think I admittedly don't know enough about like the pr projects that are actively being worked on within the metaverse, but there's maybe some promise there, right? Some, some interesting things. Mm. I am highly skeptical though about, you know, I, I think when we think about the impact social media has had on our lives and our time, I don't think we fully understand that yet. And yet we're building all of these new grand things for us to interact in a similar way uh, you know, over our computers. And I think the hope is that it deepens connection and it deepens our ability to um, be more human over technology. But mm. um, I just wish that there was like some good news as to <laughs> as to how, um, 
you know, uh, uh, our social interaction over computers uh, is changing and adjusting and allowing yeah. us to be more human. My, my only thing with the metaverse at the moment is, no one, there's obviously a lot of people out there selling snake oil and not telling people like, yes. oh, but don't forget, if you really want this experience, you're talking to a people that have 40 million and they can't afford to like buy a new pair of trainers. Right. So it's kind of interesting like why they're doing that. And the second one is all of the PR material and everything around them literally is like, this looks like your old office. I don't want to go back to my old office. Yeah. I hate it to start with. Why are you giving me four <laughs> walls? Why don't I have wings and I'm on a cloud and someone else will be on a pizza and that sort of stuff. Yes. And it just looks good. Like, why Why aren't the architects going, do you want me to just design you a really cool space that I could never make physically in the real world? <laughs> it is absolutely incredulous to me why people keep going back and showing these beautiful PR videos that they've spent hundreds of thousand pounds rendering that nobody wants to go and work in. It's yes. nuts. I don't understand it, but hey, I'm sure you know there's smarter people out there than I that can explain that. But yeah, that is hilarious, and I hadn't oh. thought about that that way. Yes, they're like, oh, we're we're just going to be in the office together with yeah. a whiteboard and Here's some stickies, and it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. Why can't the I saw have a smile, like you know that right. would even make yeah. the whiteboard better. The yeah. Whiteboard can be a llama or something. I don't know. I saw I yeah. saw one that was a was a like a farm kind of experience, and you walk around and you can go into different rooms and stuff. And I was like, eh, that's yeah, it's creative. Oh, um. That's Andy Bayer. Um, well, it's different. It's not the metaverse, but it's um, it's oh. an audio spec. Well, the one you saw is probably the metaverse. And I think the one I'm talking about, Andy um, Bayer, is skittish, is hilarious. So it's not the metaverse, but it's an audio room, and you choose what farm animal you want to be, right? And ah, so, fun. so it's chicken and chicken and a cow having a chat, you know, and that sort of thing. But then you can go and watch a YouTube video in the background. It's amazing, and the the bonding that that gives you is completely different. You know, no metaverse experience that I've seen yet it does the same job it's just right. doesn't. people laugh people are sort of like they're very unaware of themselves and that sort of stuff. it's just it's a, it's a really nice friendly experience and they've definitely oh, curated that in a it. really good way yeah. yeah um right okay we're in danger of having too much fun here right okay look. so um <laughs> as ever with desert island tweets the part of mouthwash uh the guest is going to pick a tweet or two that's changed their mind or way of thinking in some way so if you turn your attention to the nest, uh, you will see a tweet there by the mighty Adam Grant. He's sort of like the daddy of the future of work, really. He really um, is. Tweets, he really is, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I did try and get him <laughs> on this season, but he's a busy bunny. So yeah, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't quite make it. But yeah, next season. Um, right. Okay, look, he said, vacations and perks aren't cures for exhaustion. They're temporary bandages to stop the bleeding. The first principle of fighting burnout is to reduce demands. Stop overloading teams with stressful tasks and expecting one person to do multiple jobs. And then he links to a substack, but there's a beautiful picture, which is survival mode of a stack of documents with bandages over for lots of different things. And then revival mode is stopping the overwork. Why did why did you pick this one, Emily? Yeah, um, I picked this one because it, it, it as you mentioned, it's Adam Grant. Uh, it, it's I feel like when I see Adam, I hate that I have that I'm saying this, but I, I feel like when I see Adam Grant do something, I'm like, oh, OK, like it's real. Like it's, <laughs> it's no. a, someone big is like saying this thing, you know, and so. I, I have been saying for, for years that we just try to do too much and, and we, we have mm. too much of a focus on growth and too much of a focus on all, you know, so much of our company strategies are just huge lists of projects and tasks that we want to get done. You know, there's not enough talk about trade-offs. How are we going to do all of these, you know, handful of things really, really well? How are we adapting to our environment? Those kinds of things. And so I think what I love about this is just you, you have to reduce demands. Like, I think that needs to just be drilled into leaders' heads. Like, like whether, you know, it's because of the pandemic and the burnout that's been happening here, or even just because we were getting onto this roller coaster of overwork and burnout and people are starting to talk about it so much more. Um, I just loved that he highlighted, you have to reduce demands. Like, you have to reduce. And that doesn't mean uh, you know, oh, we're going to like sacrifice a whole bunch of stuff and and not win anymore. Right. It, all it means is you're really being careful about what trade-offs you're making and really looking into your strategy, essentially, as a company. And then that will trickle into your people who will feel like they have more focus and more ability to work on things that are really going to contribute to the business. Um, and I also like, I just love this kind of 
triple threat of this tweet because it's Adam Grant and Helen Peterson's Substack is the one that's um, linked, which is just gold overall. Like she writes uh, uh, just wonderful things. And and this piece in particular is about, you know, how so many of us have multiple jobs, whether it's in our job or whether it's Mm. a job as a caretaker or a parent and that sort of thing. It's a really, really just beautiful piece. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, Marissa Chandel is the one who does these these illustrations. She's from Wharton, and and I just get so much joy from her little illustrations, kind of about these different topics that we're we're thinking about. So it just it 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 changed my thinking. It made me, you know, really dig into this concept of reducing demands. Um, and it was just uh, it gave me joy. That's perfect. I love that. I love <laughs> it when people come up with something simple and they just you know they were like, yep just reduce the demands on people and if you can do yes. like one a day then you've done 365 people a favor or it exactly that's something so yeah very nice yes I like it. it was a good choice well done and i didn't know oh, about um, Anne helen so thank you for introducing me to that so yeah. yes she's fabulous yeah yeah she's yeah. got a lot lot to say as well very nice Okay, uh, my thanks uh, to you, Emily Logan, for uh, lots of food of thought about the four-hour work week. Clear it's not going to be quick uh, and in and done, as they say. I think there's a lot of merit to making it work, however. Um, Make sure you follow Emily on Twitter. You can find out more about the Noble Collective over at noble.io, and that's spelled N-O-B-L. Dot io n-o-b-l.io make sure you sign up to the newsletter that is something i read i think it's monday when i first no sunday night i get it actually over here but it is a great start to the week and always had a myriad of links or something to share on twitter so i urge you to sign up for that as well um any final words of advice for the listeners uh, emily it doesn't have to be for our work week can be general can be about life. oh um Gosh, I would say I would I would just reiterate this dignity feeling, you know, see, check in with yourself, see if you're um, if you feel like you're being offered dignity in your workplace. And if not, just look into that and, and, and try to break down the elements. And if you're a leader, you can use that word and that kind of concept as a as a guide for you. I think I'm going to steal uh, the word dignity and use it in uh, tomorrow's interview as well, because I've got Fabulous. Diana Wu David. So she wrote Future Proof, and we're talking about leadership. And I haven't mentioned the word dignity, so I'm going to be talking to her about leadership and dignity, because that is a good, there is a good line between that that, that tugs, doesn't it? Because you've got product, yes. productivity, la- leaving people to feel alone. Quite interesting. So, yeah, for sure. Um as I mentioned, Diana with David, she's a strategist, she's an author. Um, she's got lots of people who gave her praise for her book, Future Proof, uh, Reinventing Work in the Age of Acceleration. Uh, I urge you to tune in for that. It's going to be a feisty one for sure. Um, never miss a minute of Mouthwash. If you head over to mouthwash.norby.live, you can get a text so you never miss a minute. Um, Mouthwash is produced by Suze and the big team at Big Tent Media. Use them for all your audio needs. As always, everything Mouthwash, even the text alerts, can also be found over at our site, mouthwashshow.com. That's everything over there. Just check it out mouthwashshow.com i'm a firm believer that you do not remember the days we remember the moments and i hope this has been one for you i am paul armstrong this has been mouthwash and make sure that you have a great day thanks for listening to mouthwash please share it in a network you trust and check out our sponsors season four of mouthwash was sponsored by workplace by meta the easy to use features at workplace help people work together in new ways to make your place of work a great place to work visit workplace.com forward slash human that's workplace.com forward slash human have a great day